everybody. Welcome to Real Church for Real People. Yeah, you glad to be in church? And welcome to week one of a brand new series called Best Summer Ever. So glad you're a part of it. Want to take just a moment and say a big hello and give much love to our Hokessin location, Newark. Will you show some love for H-Town? Hokessin, I got an opportunity uh, to gather with Hokessin while I was off a couple of weeks ago and just had the time of my life and Love you guys very much doing a work in that area of our region, and also want to say a big hello to all of you who are joining us online, sipping your coffee, maybe you're at the beach, maybe you are in England, I don't know where you are, but I'm glad you're here. Would you give it up for our online JFAM? England, I don't know where that came from, but if you're from England, God bless you. Well, before we jump into the series, as you heard, our summer J groups are coming up, and I know we just talked about those a moment ago. I just want to really reinforce this because I'm very excited about it. And I love, I love J groups. I love what happens in our lives when we get connected with a few other people going the same direction spiritually. And it's not too late to lead a group. We, uh, we have space for a couple dozen more groups at least to, to get into our catalog and into the mix for this summer. And I want to encourage you to do that. It's one of the best ways to grow your own life. Just create some space for a few other people. And you don't have to be a spiritual ninja if you believe in Jesus and you just want to do something you enjoy. <clears throat> Excuse me, I get choked up about J-groups. If you want to do something you enjoy and you feel like some other people would enjoy it as well, it's very simple to lead a, to lead a group, especially in the summer. It's only seven weeks long, so uh, I encourage you to do that if you haven't registered a group yet, especially guys, men. Step up, lead a group this summer. You can lead a basketball group. Uh, unless you look like me, you can lead a cornhole group. Uh, you can lead a bonfire group. Men love fire. Just, in fact, take the bond off it. Just, just lead a fire group. We're going to have fire. That's what we're going to do. And uh, I just really want to encourage you to do that. So the series that we're starting this weekend is all about beginning the summer right. And if you're new to our church, whether you're in person at one of our locations or online right now, as I mentioned, if you're new here, week one of a series is a great time to start hanging out with us. Because over the next few weeks, we're gonna talk about what the best summer ever could look like for you, wherever you are on your spiritual journey. And uh, you're not gonna to wanna to miss a single week of this series. You can gather in person during the month of June or online, wherever you are, but just make sure you get all four messages because they're gonna to work together. And as we jump into the series, how many of us are hoping to have a good summer? Just easy softball question, right? Hoping to have a good summer. I'm hoping to have a good summer. I've had some good summers. I've had some bad summers in my life. Maybe we're headed into this summer hoping to have our best vacation ever. Anything would be better than last year, am I right? You know, just, hey, we're gonna have a great vacation. Maybe we're headed into this summer hoping to have the best quarter for our business ever, try to take some ground back with, maybe we run a small business or, or we've been, we feel like we've been kind of in limbo lately, but we're hoping to take some ground. Maybe we're hoping to have the best time with our family ever or the best trips to the beach ever, whatever it may be. And there's nothing wrong with any of those things. I hope you get to enjoy them. I hope it's fantastic for all of us. But it's important to understand that those things are really the fruit of a life we decide to live, not the root of our lives, not the source of our lives. I mean, think about it. Have you ever been sure you were going to have the best 
summer ever or the best week ever or the best meeting ever, the best day ever, the best date ever. Anybody had a bad date? Anybody? If they're with you, don't raise your hand, don't raise your hand, don't raise your hand. But you ever thought for sure, like, this is going to be the best ever? You wake up and you think, oh, I feel good about today. I'm going to conquer this day. This is the day of Mark. Like, I'm just going to take over the world today. And by 10, 13 a.m., you're like, just go. I just want to go back to bed. Just let's start over. Anybody had this experience? It's happened to me many times. And I think what happens for us in those moments is we get discouraged because we begin to confuse our season for our source. We start to confuse our season for our source. What does that mean? We start to think that the season we're in is all there is to our lives, and we we forget that there's a greater source that we can tap into. So if we want to live our best life ever this summer and beyond, to have rich relationships, not just rich bank accounts, to have health in our souls, not just an outward show of health, to have the confidence that we will have what we need when we need it, to walk in security and joy, where do we start? Well, here's what Jesus says about it. He says, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. So he uses a summer metaphor. And he says, essentially, I'm the source of life. Jesus says, I'm, the, I'm where life begins, and I'm the, I'm the fuel for a life that really counts, and my father is the gardener. So that's his way of referring to God. So here's what we know about Jesus. If you're new to the Bible, here's what Jesus said about himself. He proclaimed that he was God, but he was also fully human. So that's kind of where he gets this image of the vine. Like he's, he's divine. I just thought of that. So help me. (laughs) Just thought of it. Aren't you glad I'm your pastor? Literally. I want to go back to the first gathering of the weekend. I want to do over. I can't believe I missed that. (laughs) I know you're far less impressed than I am, but I just got to tell you, I need a moment. Okay. I just can't believe broken clock is right twice a day. So he says, I'm the source, I'm the vine, and my father is the gardener. So God, the father, is the reason there's a vineyard. He's the reason there's a world that we get to live in. He's the reason we get to have a summer. He he created the sunshine. He created the ocean. He created the sky. He created the things that we're going to enjoy this summer. And Jesus says, when you're connected to me, you're connected to God, and that's what gives you Life. So let me ask, week one of the series, and again, if you're new to this, something else I want you to know is week one of the series is kind of the most intense week. It happens, it's just the way it works out, because it's sort of a little line in the sand moment. Don't be intimidated by that, but it is kind of a, hey, are you in for the next few weeks? Would you like to take a step deeper in your faith? So let me ask you right up front, what is your grapevine, or who is your grapevine? Who are you connecting, or what are you connecting to right now in your life that you are convinced? will give you lasting strength? And is it or are they up to the task? Can they really fulfill you the way that you are hoping they can? If everything else was stripped away in your life, where would your strength come from? Jesus says, I'm the true vine. I'm the real source. When you get connected to me, you begin to understand that your strength isn't found in what's happening around you. It's found in what I'm doing in you. Because you're connected to me, you're attached to me. So Jesus is the vine, the Father is the gardener, so what does that make us? You can probably guess it makes us the branches. 
And here's what Jesus says. He, the Father, cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned, so the work's already started in your life. You've been pruned. You've been purified by the message I have given you. We are the branches, and what that means is not only are we connected to Jesus, we are connected to each other. We need each other. That's why we connect. It's, that's what groups are all about. We need each other, not in a codependent way, but in a life-giving way. We, we need each other. Some of us kind of have this, this uh, perspective sometimes that we're the only branch. We're like, Jesus, I'm, I'm your one and only branch, aren't I? You just, aren't you glad to have me, Jesus? I don't need anybody else. I'm just your branch. Me and Jesus, we got this thing going on. And Jesus is like, no, 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 I got lots of branches. You need to get out more and meet some. And not only does the Father connect us to Jesus and connect us to each other, but Jesus goes on to say, and this next part gets a little interesting, he goes on to say that God, the gardener, is actively working in our lives. He is cutting and he is pruning to shape us. And how does he do that? He does that through his message, through the message of Jesus, through his words, through, through the Bible, through scripture, through hearing teaching like this. God is working to shape us, to cut and to prune. Why? So that we will produce fruit because the best summer ever is not about everything in our lives going the way we want. It's about everything in our lives growing the way the father intends. He's doing a work in us. He's cutting, he's pruning, he's shaping. So let me ask you a question. What's the most beautiful thing you've seen lately? Just think about it in your mind. What's, what's the most beautiful thing you've seen lately? And if you leaned over the person next to you and said, it's you, baby, you're welcome for the setup. Hope you took advantage of that moment if you're here with that special someone. It's you, baby. I only have eyes for you. What's the most beautiful thing you've seen? So I've seen a lot of beautiful things in my life. I bet you have as well. And I saw a very beautiful thing recently. My, my son uh, created this little early Father's Day gift. So I have a, a son who has special needs, and he has a therapist who works with him. And he did this craft this week, and it was, it was a tie, like a man's tie, uh, on paper, and it had these fill in the blanks about his dad. And it said, My dad's superpower is, and my son wrote, Sunshine. Yeah, come on. <laughs> I got sunshine. I, that's my superpower. I like it when me and my dad and my son wrote, Play tag. That's right, we play tag. And it's the slowest game of tag you've ever seen, but it's so much fun. We just kind of gradually chase each other around the yard, and it's it's fun, we laugh, we have a good time. And then here's my favorite. One of the blanks said, I love my dad more than, and my son wrote mom. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> in the battle for parental domination in our home, Mark won Susie 7,683,222, so I'm gaining on her, right? But man, I look, so it's hanging on the pantry door in our home, and I walk by with a little swagger, if you know what I'm saying, just, 
And it's beautiful. Maybe you've seen something beautiful lately. Maybe you've seen a beautiful sunset or the smile on a friend's face or your car after you washed it. Oh, it's gray. I didn't know. You've, you've, you've seen this, your room after you cleaned it, your diploma after you framed it. Maybe you've seen the, the ocean on a summer day. Maybe you've just, maybe you just looked at the sky and, and thought, man, this world God created is so beautiful. Can I tell you what God finds beautiful? Fruit. And I'm not talking about apples and strawberries and grapes and blueberries. No, God finds this kind of fruit beautiful when he can look at our lives and see that because of our connection with Jesus, we are beginning to produce this fruit that matters. Our attitude is changing. Our actions are changing. Our priorities are shifting. Our, we, we've got this, this kindness about us, this compassion about us, this patience about us that you can't explain naturally. It's coming from Jesus at work in our lives. And God looks down and he says, oh, sunsets are great. I would know I created them. Mountains are great. Oceans are great. That's all great. But I love to see the fruit of people taking shape to look more like my son, Jesus. He finds that beautiful. So at any given moment, here's what God is doing in our lives. Two things, and it will help you so much when you understand this. Again, wherever you are spiritually, if you're new to this, if you've been following Jesus for a while, you might have forgotten this because I forget it sometimes, that there are two things God is always doing. And number one is he is cutting off unfruitful branches. I brought my tools today, something sharp on stage. What could go wrong? So these are not dirty for show. I use them, everybody. And uh, I have been at work over the past couple of months. I'm determined that I'm not going to have any more trees die. So I had one die a few years ago, preached about it. And there was a resurrection, came back to life. And now I had another one die. And I'm like, no, not on my watch. And so I've been out there doing what I need to do. And that's what God's doing. He is He's at work in our lives, and he's cutting off unfruitful branches. You say, why would he do that? It sounds painful. Here's why God does this. He does it because if you want a vine or a tree to reach its full potential, you have to cut off the branches that aren't producing. You have to cut off the branches that are rubbing the wrong way against the other branches that are growing where they shouldn't be growing, that are taking away from the shape and the potential of the tree. It's necessary. You've got to do it. So God is cutting away unfruitful branches, but he doesn't stop there, he gets a little more detailed too. And he starts pruning. These are my pruners. They're a little rusty. I don't want to talk about it, <laughs> but I do use them. I do use them. And, and these are my pruners and God has pruners and he's coming into our lives and he prunes the fruitful branches. You say, okay, I think I get the first part. I get why he cuts off the branches that aren't fruitful, but why would God mess with the ones that are? And here's why, because if you don't prune away some of those little buds and shoots that form in places on the branch that look innocent enough in the beginning, they will begin to suck life and energy away from the branch and it will struggle to sustain healthy fruit. The branch has to stay focused. And in fact, they have a name for those little shoots and buds. They call them suckers because they take energy. They, they draw life out of where the tree needs it most. And some of us have some suckers in our lives. Say, what are you talking about? That little attitude, right? Oh God, it's not a big deal, but I just want to hold on to this, this little bad attitude. I'm just holding on to a little jealousy. It's a little resentment, God. It's not a big, it's not like a big branch. It's just a little resentment and 
And God, you know why I'm resentful. That person deserves. But I'm just, it's just a little shoot. It's just a little bud. It's just a little, it's not a big deal. It's just a, I'm holding on to a little bit of lust, desiring something that's outside of what you have for me, God. I'm just, I just entertain it once in a while, but I got it under control. It's just a little shoot, just a little bud. And God says, okay, if you got it under control, cool. But if you are interested, I would like to come into your life and I'd like to prune some of those things away. And so as an expert gardener, God comes in, he says, you know what? You're a little bit stingy. Do you want to keep being stingy or would you like me to just sort of prune, nip that in the bud? So I'm going to lead you to be generous because what the Brent fruit is generosity, but you got this little stinginess shoot kind of coming up off your branch. You're like, oh, it's not God's. It's mine. I control it. I do what I want with it. God's like, if you want to do life that way, it's cool. But if you want, I can come in. I can just prune that. It'll hurt for a moment, but you'll be so much better off in the long haul. This is what a relationship with God is like. He's an expert gardener, so he cuts and he prunes until the branches are the right size and shape to support the fruit. And that's what God wants to do in our lives. But we get freaked out, right? And we go, oh, no, 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 God, no. That's not the best summer ever. I don't know why that sounded so high-pitched, and that's how I complain to God. I don't know how you complain to God, to each his own. We go, oh, God, no, 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 don't cut Come on, you ever, you ever said that to God? Don't, don't cut, don't take that. Please don't take that. Take anything you want, but don't take that. Don't prune, God, it's too hard. It's too uncomfortable. I don't see the point in it. I don't see the instant results. Just let me keep control of my life. And so we don't end up with the fruit we could have produced because we're resisting the Father's process. But this is how God works. And what we don't realize is that when we go through a cutting season and God takes away a branch that we thought would be there forever or he prunes away something that we thought we needed to be happy, He's not doing it to hurt us. He's an expert gardener and he's working to make us even more fruitful because that's what brings him glory. That's what he delights in. It's what he finds beautiful. Now, I've had so many moments in my life when I've tried to dodge God's cutting. Anybody else? Anybody been following Jesus for a little while and you're like, ooh. You know what you're doing with those things? I know you created the universe, but how do you? God, I don't like that. Say, woo, that's sharp. I've had so many moments when I submitted to God's cutting. That's where some of us are. We're like, okay, God cut some things out of my life. I decided to follow Jesus, made him leader and Lord of my life. And he brought me so much joy and happiness. But there were some things that had to be cut off. And I submitted to that process. I'm good. But then God comes along with the pruners. I'm like, oh, no, 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 Lord. You manage the big stuff, I'll manage the small stuff. And I've tried to get out of the way and ask God questions like, why? Why are you taking this person out of my life? I, I, I know this relationship is dysfunctional, but I like it. And I want it. And I need it. And I don't know, I don't know what I'll do if... If I can't be with them, maybe I can't be with anybody. And God, why are you taking this out of my life? Stop it. I don't like it. God, why isn't what worked for me last year working for me this year? Why are you cutting away this opportunity? God, why are you asking, hey, type A's, why are you asking me to rest when I want to work? Come on, type A's. Why are you cutting? Why are you pruning? All right. And then why are you asking me to work? When I want to rest, come on, type B's, I'm assuming that's what you are. I don't know what the opposite of a type A is because I'm a type A and I never stop to spend long enough to figure out what the opposite is. 
but we're trying to dodge, we're trying to get out of the very thing that would make us more fruitful. And so what do we do? We spin our wheels for a long time. And if we go long enough, by the way, we don't even resemble what God had in mind because we resisted the cutting and the pruning. And we're so busy trying to dodge God. Did you know we can only grow to the level of our capacity to handle pain? All growth requires pain. You say, if this is week one, where are we going, man? I promise it's going to get better. But we got to draw a little line in the sand week one. Are you willing this summer to allow God to do his work in your life, even if there are parts of it you don't understand? For the greater purpose of producing much fruit. You say, well, man, I don't even know if I believe in Jesus. And if that's you, that's okay. I'm glad you're here. I'm not here to twist your arm. Here's what I believe, and here's what Jesus taught, that we are going to experience pain whether we connect our lives to Jesus or not. If you experience pain without Jesus, it's just pain. When you experience pain with Jesus, it's pruning that produces fruit. That's the difference. And so I'm going to experience it either way. I'd rather connect myself to the vine so that I know I'm going the right direction because on the other side, I have a promise. Mark, if you will submit to the cutting and the pruning, there will be more fruit than you can imagine because I will do a work in you. So if that's true, what should we do to produce fruit? Jesus says this. He says, remain in me. Really, at the end of the day, that's what I need you to do. And I will remain in you for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me because remember, I'm the vine and you're the branches. So those who remain in me, those who stay connected, stay attached, don't let this summer distract them, don't let their circumstances defeat them. When they remain in me and I remain in them, they will produce much fruit for apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus says, here's what life looks like. Get connected to me and then don't leave no matter what. Don't get freaked out by the cutting and the pruning. It's part of the plan. Just stay with me. To make this your best summer ever, remain. Stick with Jesus. Come hell or high water. Just stay with Jesus. I don't know if your vacay this summer is going to be amazing or a disaster or somewhere in between. I don't know if your kids are going to help around the house or help tear down your house. I don't know. I don't know if your business is going to gain back ground quickly or continue to struggle for a while. I just know that this will be the best summer ever if you stick with Jesus, no matter what comes, and it will be the worst summer ever if you decide this is a season to disconnect from your source. And now, what I know as well is that you might not be there yet. Again, that's okay. Maybe you would say, I'm not sure I believe Jesus is the source. I think there are a lot of sources. Or maybe you would say, you know, I'm interested in that. I sense God's trying to do a work in my life, and I want that. But what does it really mean? How do I remain in Jesus, practically speaking? We're going to come back to that in a minute. But first of all, I want you to notice that Jesus says something we have to address. Here's his line in the sand. You ready? Week one. So we get all the, the growth and the joy throughout the rest of the series. But week one, Jesus says this. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And for some of us, we're going, eh, seems like an exaggeration, Jesus. I see a lot of people producing a lot of stuff apart from you. Success, popularity, wealth. You really think I can't produce anything without you, Jesus? Here's what Jesus knows. When we live our lives as if we're the source, eventually, no matter how successful we become, 
we will reach a point where the pressure to keep producing becomes overwhelming and we begin to realize that we have no source from which to continue to produce. And here's what I mean. This happened in my backyard a few weeks ago. So I was out there doing my thing with my trees, cutting some branches off that weren't fruitful, that weren't doing what they were supposed to be doing, doing some pruning. I was out there doing that stuff. And I cut a bunch of branches off of one of our trees and I piled them up in my backyard. And I planned a few days later to come back, cut them all up and then put them in the yard waste can and take them out to the street. And then where they go from there, I don't know, but they're gone. And so that was my plan. And so I cut them all down. I piled them up in our backyard and I came back a few days later and something really strange had happened happened. Something bizarre, something I wasn't expecting. Buds had opened up on those branches. There were little leaves all over these branches. I don't even know how that's possible because they were disconnected from the source and yet they gave the appearance of being alive. But you already know the end of the story. It was temporary. They couldn't continue to produce without being connected to their source. So they could grow leaves, but they couldn't produce fruit. They could make a show of being alive, but they weren't actually capable of producing anything that matters. It was only temporary. Can I encourage you today? Don't mistake temporary leaves in your life for lasting fruit. Real fruit comes from being attached to Jesus and remaining connected to him. And the things we do here to grow spiritually, being in a group, being on a team, serving, giving, praying, inviting, all of those things are just leaves if we treat them like hobbies, but they become fruit when we treat them as habits. This is part of my life. I don't just do it when I feel good. This is how I live my life because I'm staying connected to the source. Yeah. Don't mistake leaves for fruit. And here's why it matters. Because anyone who does not remain in me, Jesus says, is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. You say, Jesus, why are you harshing on my life like that? That's intense. It is intense. The only thing less kind than Jesus warning us that this would happen would be if Jesus didn't warn us that this would happen. And so he says, let me just tell you, if you, if you don't remain in me, if you, if you don't stay connected to the source, what you produce and accumulate and acquire and achieve. In the end, it's just going to be gathered up and it's going to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, if you stay attached, connected to me and you keep listening to my words, what you're doing right now, it's why we gather like this. You keep, if you keep reading my words, if you keep my word as the center of your life, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted because when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. Jesus says, let me just tell you something. Let me spare you a lot of pain. Leaves don't impress my father. Fruit does. Spiritual talk doesn't impress my father. Spiritual next steps impress my father. Accumulation doesn't impress my father. Significance impresses my father. And you are my true disciples when you produce much fruit because this brings great glory to my Father. The year we started the journey, uh, one night I was praying really passionately and I felt like God stopped me mid-prayer and just whispered to my soul. I didn't hear an audible voice or anything like that. I never have. But I felt like I heard the voice of God just whispering to my soul. And I felt like what God said to me that night was, Mark, 
I will give you whatever you ask for next because of your passionate faith. It's a powerful moment. So you know what I prayed for? A Corvette. I've always wanted one. <laughs> and uh, now, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Some of you are like, well, if I'd have been there, I could have given you a heads up that... No, what I prayed for was this. Now, there was, there was no sign that there would ever be a this. Our church was tiny and struggling and week to week. We didn't know if it was gonna survive. But that night, I prayed, God, I'm asking you that thousands of people would find your son Jesus and follow him fully through this community of faith, through the journey, that we would make an impact on our region, that, that hungry people would be fed, that lives would be changed, that people would come to know you, God, that, that you would raise up a community of people who would just be a light to the world around them. That's what I prayed for that night and all these years later. God is still answering that prayer, still reverberating, is still happening. You're the fruits. You're the fruit. And again, you say, well, dude, why didn't you pray that you would win the Powerball? Here's why. Because the closer we get to Jesus, the more we lose our attraction to plastic fruit and the deeper our desire becomes for lasting fruit and we're willing to give up this world and all its trappings to have more of God in our lives and in our families and in our region and our passion for Jesus becomes more than our passion for a momentary thrill or a momentary desire being met. And don't misunderstand, I still pray for tangible things all the time. I believe we should bring every need and every desire to God, however big or however small. But I notice the closer I get to Jesus, the more I pray for things that will bring him glory, not just me glory. Because I have this relationship with God, you can have it too. I don't have it because I'm a pastor. I have it because Jesus changed my life. And it only stays passionate in my life when I remain. So how do you remain? Well, Jesus says this. I've loved you even as the Father has loved me. And here's how you remain. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. So here's what it can look like for you to remain in Jesus this summer, to have your best summer ever. You say, how can, I, how can you predict that it'll be my best summer ever? I can't predict your circumstances, but if you'll stay closely connected to Christ, I can predict your outcome because Jesus did. And here's what it can look like, whether you're coming into this series fired up or burned out. <laughs> Remain in his love. Start here. You are loved by Jesus. In fact, don't just start there. Stay there every day. Wake up to the realization that you are wildly, radically, unconditionally loved by Jesus to make this your best summer ever. Remain there. Jesus says, I've told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. When you remain, when you stay with Jesus, when you, whatever's going on around you, you allow Jesus to work within you. When everything's trying to pull you away, you remain. And then as you remain, you obey. I obey 
God's commandments. It's part of remaining in Jesus. Well, I don't really like that part. Well, it comes with being attached to the vine. Branches don't do whatever they feel like. They do whatever the vine sends them a signal to do. When the vine says it's time to grow, they grow. When the vine says it's time to produce fruit, they produce fruit. When the vine says it's time to hold back, they hold back. They just do whatever their source guides them and gives them power to do. And the vine, our vine is saying, this summer, here's what I want you to do. I want you to grow. I want you to grow deeper and I want you to grow wider. I want you to get stronger in me. I want you to get more active in what matters to me. I want you to gather. I want you to connect. I want you to serve. We didn't make those things up. Followers of Jesus have been doing them for 2,000 years, ever since this thing called Christianity began. Real followers of Jesus have been doing this. So maybe for you, it's as simple as coming back next weekend as we continue the series. You say, I'm not even sure I believe it all yet. That's all right. Just hang out. Just remain. Just stay connected for a few weeks and see what God does. Maybe it means leading a J group this summer because the vine is sending a signal. The vine is saying, hey, I want you to grow. I got some things. You've been doing good with the leaves, but it's time for some fruit. I want you to produce some things in your life. If you're new here, maybe it's joining a J group, taking that next step, moving from just attending, just gathering on the weekend to getting connected. Maybe it means serving. Maybe it means giving. But to make this your best summer ever, not only do you remain in Jesus, but in that place of remaining, you obey. Can I just speak to some of us right now? Don't let the culture around us turn that into a bad word. We are called to obey Jesus. And when you have a source like Jesus, it's not a burden to obey. It's a joy to respond to the vine and say, yeah, I'll take that. Your plan's better than mine, vine. I'll do what you're leading me to do. You say, well, I've been obeying. Great, keep doing it. For how long? For the rest of your life. This is a long haul. Keep doing it. And in time, you will produce. In fact, I believe you can produce fruit this summer. I don't know how much. I don't know what it, exactly it will look like. But I believe that God's will in your life can produce fruit. So to make this your best summer ever, remain, obey, and produce. Begin to produce what God is doing in your life. Don't just let it be all talk. Step out and say, now it's time for some real significance in my life. I'm going to produce fruit. Now put it all together to make this your best summer ever. Remain, obey, produce. And my favorite part, when in doubt, repeat. Remain, because apart from Jesus, you can do nothing. But connected to Jesus, you can do anything through Christ who gives you strength. Obey, because that's what branches do. We're not the vine. We're the branches. And the branches do what the vine instructs. Produce, because it's fruit that's beautiful to God. We get excited about the leaves. God gets excited about the fruit. And then when in doubt, repeat, don't stop. And over the next few weeks, if you'll let me, I'm going to help you by God's grace, help all of us see what this can look like in your life. And for now, if you're in for the best summer ever with Jesus, will you just shoot your hand up and hold it up high? All of the room, Hokesson, hold that hand up high. If you're in, best summer ever with Jesus. Online, let us know you want to be included in this. Now let's pray. Father, we love you. We honor you. You are the gardener. You're the reason we're alive. You're our breath, you're our hope, you're our strength.
And Jesus, you are the vine. You're the one we're attached to. You're the one we're connected to. Our job is to remain in you, to obey you, to listen to your signals, to produce the fruit that matters to you, not just the fruit that matters to us, and to keep doing that until you return. We're trusting you with our lives, Jesus. Come on, would you pray that with me? Jesus, I give you leadership of my life all over again. You're my vine. You're my source. It's all about you. And then for some of you today, while we just let God's presence hang out with us for a moment, for some of you, maybe you're not sure you're ready to believe all this. Maybe you, maybe you don't know if you buy it yet. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. Just come back. See what God wants to do in your life. But there may be some of you today that you're ready to say yes to following Jesus. You know that the way you're doing life, disconnected from him or just knowing about him intellectually is not enough. And you want a real relationship with God. Let me tell you the good news about Jesus. He is the source. He is the true source. He is the one who connects us to God. You can't have God without Jesus. He said, I'm the only way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You gotta be connected to the vine to be in a relationship with the gardener, with the God who created this world. And the good news is you can because Jesus came and he died for your sins and he rose again so that you could have life in God. You don't have to wait a moment longer. You can take that step right now. And if that's you, I'd love to lead you in a very simple prayer to begin that relationship with God. So right where you are, whisper out a prayer of faith if that's you. You can use my words if it helps you, but pray with faith in your heart. Jesus, today, I give my life to you. I want to be connected to you, Jesus. Forgive my sins. Everything I've ever said, thought, or done that separated me from you, you died to make it right. And I receive that today. I'm going to follow you. And if that's you, or everyone around you stays focused on God for a moment more, if you would say, I want to be included in that prayer, will you lift your hand and just hold it up high boldly if you're in the room here in Newark, Hokesson, lift it up high boldly, yes. Watching online, let us know. Share that with us. Type the word faith in the comments, whatever platform you're on, but let us know. Putting my faith in Jesus today. And then everyone together, let's give all the praise and the honor to Jesus.